Welcome to the Delve Into Money podcast. I am your host, Curtis Haney. This is the personal finance podcast where we attempt to demystify money by reviewing books and applying what we learn to our own financial journeys. Thank you so much for joining me on episode number 45 of the Delve Into Money podcast. If you're listening to this episode, I hope that means that you've listened to my last episode on contentment. In some ways, this is an extension of that episode, but you do not have to have listened to that episode to get what you need to get out of this one. So when I was in college, I kind of look back and I I shake my head at who I was and how I went about my business. At that point in life, I was still just kind of floating along without a care in the world. I was really lazy in school, which is honestly just my nature because I I really don't like doing things that I see as pointless. And I saw a lot of school as pointless. When I got to my major classes, I started, you know, applying myself, but I, I also did work quite a bit during school. And so Work was just more important to me than a, a you know English class or or an art history class or whatever other class that had nothing to do with what I was going to do with my life. I recall that I was you know so disconnected from just what was going on in school. I wasn't involved in a lot of different things because again, I was distracted by just what I wanted to do and by the work I was doing that I didn't know until the day of that they were doing an introduction with CPA firms and I was an accounting degree. I was still like unsure if that was the path that I wanted to go because I didn't like the idea and the things that I heard about CPA firms and just the things that you had to do. But I knew that I needed to go down and I needed to meet people. But I was completely and utterly unprepared. Fellow students were walking in with suits on, meeting The interviewers who were also in suits, the students had their resumes prepared. And here I walk in in just shorts, flip flops, nothing to talk about, nothing prepared, no documentation for them, no questions for them, and really just embarrassing myself, honestly, if I look back on it. And at this point, you know, they were going to select people that they were going to interview and then. Uh, It would get narrowed down and they would make their selections for their summer internships. Somehow I managed to get narrowed down and ended up, I had some opportunities, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I had fewer opportunities because of my lack of preparedness. So instead of choosing the CPA firm that was um, out of my hometown, away from what I was comfortable with, I chose the option for comfort. I chose the safe option. And that was, the option that was right in my backyard. Despite this struggle, despite being embarrassed, and despite you know knowing that I'd not been prepared enough, I remember entering the senior spring semester of my college life and, and knowing that I was going to graduate in May and just less than a year before having had this embarrassment of not being prepared for these internships and realizing 
oh wait, I'm supposed to be looking for a job. Because I hadn't taken the internships, I didn't have uh, the, the offer going forward that many of my classmates had. And I was honestly starting this way too late in the process. I think it was like February or March. And, and I think a lot of people had jobs hooked up and, and a lot of the, the really desirable jobs were taken. So I found myself looking online and like trying to apply for jobs, having missed also some career fair stuff, missed opportunities where I could have been introduced to people. And so I found myself a little bit behind the eight ball and I found myself in the exact same spot as I'd found myself the year before. Despite all that, I ended up with multiple offers. I don't, you know, it was uh, 2008. So uh, I think in Oklahoma, we, we honestly were a little bit insulated from some of the, the shakeup and there were job opportunities. So I took uh, a job opportunity, but it wasn't the offer that I wanted. It was the offer that took me out of my comfort zone. You know, I'd, I'd honestly not wanted to move away from where I grew up, but both of my offers were out of state. So as I struggled to make this transition my first year out of college, I happened to end up on a flight with an interviewer uh, that had interviewed me for a job, uh, but they not offered it to me. And I, I, they wasn't offered because honestly, like they had master's degree people and whatever. They had people that that were more qualified to fill the positions. I wasn't surprised that I didn't get it, but apparently he liked me enough and he said, Hey, we still have openings. So email me when we get back. Uh, and then we, we can talk from there. So I sent him my resume, did an interview, was hired for a job and got to move back to home, which is where I ultimately wanted to be. And so that was the start of a new journey. I knew that I'd hated my old job. I knew that I didn't really see where it was going or any potential with it. And so when I came to the new job, I felt like I had a little bit of a new lease in life. I realized that I needed to take agency of my outcomes. And so I I did that. I volunteered for new projects. I worked on my skills. I befriended coworkers and helped them. I made my desire for growth known to the higher ups. And as I got those opportunities and continued to perform, I was getting to do things that I enjoyed because I just loved problem solving. I loved being the guy that could, that could help people on the team get what they needed done. See, before this, I was firmly in the complacency camp. But because of this change and kind of this wake-up call, I was able to pull myself out of that. And, and that ultimately resulted in growth in, in many, many career opportunities. But as I look back on that time, I look that I was very much headed towards a boring job, no future prospects, really headed towards stagnation within my career really early on. I think that's where a lot of people end up is they get into that first job or that second job and they really struggle. And instead of like fighting up and fighting out of that, and, and again, this is not to say that I did a great job of that. I just got lucky that I had another opportunity that really helped me get a new lease on life. If I hadn't had that opportunity, I think I still would have struggled. So last week when we talked about contentment, you absolutely need to be seeking out contentment in your life. 
we talked about how to find contentment, you know, expressing gratitude, releasing your anxiety through breathing or meditation, reminding yourselves what's true. We talked about Philippians 4, 8, uh, trying to focus on the present, choosing positivity, serving other people, stop comparison, find accountability in that, and then focusing on your bigger vision. We, we talked about more, but that's just kind of an overview. But you can very easily go from contentment to being stagnant in life. Because I think a lot of times we confuse those two of thinking that, oh, we're just being content. But what we're really doing is we're suppressing our emotions, suppressing the struggles that we're having and not caring. And that's leading to stagnation. And so we want to try and avoid stagnation because we want to grow. We want to be the healthy self that's going to be building new relationships, bringing the best to your family, to your friends, because honestly, that's what's most important. So when I look back, I can see how I was headed into stagnation. So the question is, how do we know that we're being stagnant? How do we know that we're in that spot? So I want to talk about both life and work. Because I think it's super important that we understand this because stagnation in life affects your decision-making. Stagnation in work affects your ability to have healthy finances because you may not get that raise. You may not get the promotion. You may not get the new job. And so we want to talk about money on this podcast, but we also want to talk about some different frameworks that we can approach things that then will help us live a more healthy, fulfilled life and then result in ultimately us better managing our money and being in a healthier spot. So when I look back, I was full of fear. I was fear of the unknown. I had fear of putting myself out there, of being seen as stupid. I had fear of you know not living up to expectation. Um, I just had fear and anxiety just kind of racking like everything out. And that resulted in me procrastinating and taking action multiple times. And that procrastination almost came back to bite me. I'm thankful that I had the opportunities that I did, but that's a huge part of how I ended up where I was and, and, and honestly could have resulted in me being stuck or being stagnant in my spot. Uh, another thing that can signal that you're stagnant is that you're just bored. You're not doing things that are hard for you. This could be at work. This could be at life. You could not be challenging yourself appropriately in life. And maybe it's a job that doesn't fit you as well. That's another, that's another reason that you could be stagnating and you could be bored. Another way that you, if you have goals or a vision that you set for the future, if you're distracted or away from that goal or vision, that distraction taking your eye off the prize could be a sign that you're stagnating because when you get distracted, you stop forward progress and you start turning your wheels in the mud. If you're, if you're lacking just general motivation to do things, if you're, you're seeking comfort in eating, sleeping, games, mindless activity, entertainment, sitting at Netflix all the time, you could be stagnant because you're not pushing your 
self. If you're not experiencing any friction in life, so if you're not challenging yourself, if you can't remember the last time you broke a sweat, or you can't remember the last time you mentally had to push yourself, you could be in a place where you're getting stagnant. If you can't look back three to six months and say that you have an achievement that you're proud of, this could mean that you are stagnant in where you are. And then last is just generally being overloaded. When you don't have time to think, when you've got too much stuff on your plate, it can actually stagnate you because you're not having time to challenge yourself to learn new things. And so that's kind of the list that that I thought through and that I pulled from some resources of signs that you might be stagnating. I think also we often know when we're stagnating. We often know that because we have this deep down sense that we're living underneath the potential that we could be or that we're not doing the things that we should. And so I think it's important that we acknowledge those feelings and that we reflect on what those feelings mean and that we then try and counteract those feelings. And so how are we going to counteract those feelings and what are some ways that we can avoid stagnation in our life. So I have eight ways that we can avoid stagnation. The first one is realize that you're not alone. The reality is, is everyone feels this a time and a place. Everyone feels stagnation. Everyone struggles at different points in their life. It's not wrong to struggle. It's not wrong to not meet your goals. But what is wrong is when you beat yourself up about it and put yourself into a hole or into a box and you forget that there are other people out there that you can lean on and you can learn from. So just this acknowledgement that you aren't alone and it's sharing it with other people. The second way that you can counteract or avoid stagnation is focus on learning and growth. We want to always be learning something new. When you don't have something that you're learning, it's very, very easy to just get stuck in the mindset where we aren't seeking new things out. And so I would encourage you to always have a stack of books, to always be thinking about things that you can learn and just taking those next steps to take a step forward. So this could be something career-wise, this could be something personally, this could be a combination of those two things. I've in the past read a lot of personal development because I'm trying to improve my relations at work, how I'm a supervisor, how I am in my job, how I manage my tasks, all of these things. But I've also read spiritual development or personal development just for, you know, me and my wife and our family. And All of those things help you make sure that you're focusing in on something, that you're focusing on improvement and growth, and that always learning helps you avoid stagnation. We talked about earlier that that we can get distracted from whatever our goal or our vision is, and that distraction means that we're often not being inspired by that anymore. Uh, Now, we might be, but... The third point is we want to find what inspires us. We want to refocus on our vision. And I talk about, you know, say a 20 and five year vision. 
we want to refocus on that and then back down to our goals. I talk extensively about this in some other episodes with my goal setting, and so I will link to that in the show notes. The fourth one is we just need to take a break. Oftentimes we are stagnant because we're exhausted, we're burned out. And if we're burned out, we're not going to be able to perform, we're not going to be able to be creative, we're not going to be able to learn. And so when you take a break, you allow yourself to reload and recharge. Number five, we want to have a bias to action. And so if you're struggling with stagnation, we want to take opportunities and we want to just start saying yes, because taking opportunities and saying yes will put you in situations that you're not comfortable. And so that bias to action will work in helping you get out of that place of stagnation. Number six, we want to shake up our routine. So if you do the same thing every morning, it's about time you shake up your morning routine or that evening routine. Maybe you come home at night and you turn on the TV and then that's all you guys do. Maybe it's talking to your wife and your family and say, we are not going to turn the TV on. And when you make that choice, you now have to make another choice of what you're going to do. And often that choice is a more healthy choice because we're being conscientious about making it. Number seven, we want to start with small steps. So we talked about a minute ago, finding what inspires you and focusing on your vision or your goals. And we want to break those vision and goals down into small steps. So that is talking in the framework of Atomic Habits, right? He talks about what you can do uh, in putting on your shoes, right? Just go put on your shoes. That is your habit that you're trying to do. So we want to get ourselves jump-started by taking a small step. And so when he's putting on his shoes, that's signaling that it's time to run. But when he's making that habit initially, it doesn't mean that he's running. It means that he now has the choice to run or not. So we want to get over those initial barriers and give ourselves the opportunity to win. And then last, we want to connect with people without an agenda. If in the framework of work, This is networking and just getting to know other people because there's a few things that happen. As we get to know other people, we get interested in what's going on in them. This might provide opportunities for us. But then down the line, it also provides an opportunity because when you feel that stagnation and you feel like maybe your job isn't going to be able to solve that, you now have the network that can help you in the future. This also works in your personal life. Build new friendships with those around you. Talk to those people that you've not talked to before. Be interested in what they're doing, what they know. Just really focus in on trying to build some new relationships. Have people over for dinner. Do things like that. Do activities with family, friends, whoever else. So these are eight steps that are helping you hopefully avoid stagnation. I'm sure there's many, many others, but these were ones that I was able to find and and draw up as I prepared for this episode. So I'm sure I'll be thinking more and more about this. Uh, I hope that this was helpful. 
if you're you're fighting with that, if you're struggling with that, I would just encourage you to not be alone in that. I would encourage you to talk to your spouse, to talk to family, to talk to friends, and let them know that you're struggling. Because when you are struggling, bringing people around you is one of the best things that you can do because being around them can help lift you up. I want to thank you for, for listening today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. We're going to continue down this path of, of focusing a little bit less on books and focusing a little bit more on concepts and frameworks that we want to follow uh, to reflect on ourselves, to reflect on our money. I would love to hear if you're enjoying this, if there's something that you would love to hear me talk about, a framework that you would love to hear me break down. Until next week, remember, healthy financial decisions are intentional financial decisions. Intentional decisions this week lead to a healthy financial future. Start today. We'll see you next week.